What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new work week here. It's the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm filling in for Stevie. This is Justin Carlucci, aka the Luch. I got my boy here with me. It's been a while. It's been a while since Food for Thought, but they let us pack on together this spring. Will Priester, the Chief. What's going on, buddy? Good to see your face and hear your voice again. Nothing's going on. You know, I'm not going to lie to the people. I'm tired of NBA. Just give me MLB, please. Please, please. And then they're starting a week late. I'm so hurt that they're starting a week late. Um, now, look, guys, you know, you know I'm, I love NBA. But, man, NBA gets rough. So, so there's nothing worse, in my opinion. I'm just keeping it real. Can I, can I keep it real with you folks? I'm just keeping it real. There's nothing worse than late season NBA. And to make matters even worse than that, there's, there's, a, there's another rung, loose that's even worse than that. And that's weekend late season NBA. Oh, it's awful. Right, right on cue. Right on cue. I got a notification on my phone that Austin Rivers, Bones Highland, Devon Reed, and Jamichael Green, and the, 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 the Nuggets just did a line change at halftime. Oh, you see that? Right on cue. You see that? Isn't there an – I mean, weekend late season NBA, it's, it's so bad sometimes. What is that? Oh, they're down 20. Mike Malone's doing Mike Malone stuff. Imagine having Jokic in a GPP who's on pace for 50-plus. They're down 20. You can come back from 20 in the NBA. It's not like they're down 40. So he, so basically he's just – there was no indicate. He may have he, he may have even planned to sit them because they're kind of entrenched. I don't think they can move too much, right? So when they're in the sixth seat, they're 42 and 29. I mean, they could fall – well, they could fall to the seventh seat, but it's between five, six, seven, four – like four, five, six, seven – or they have their little their little piece of the pie. The Clippers, ironically, are kind of just stuck, right? Like they're pretty much the eighth seed. It's crazy. Listen, man, then- I'm just laughing here because ten minutes ago I'm like, listen, we're not going to go on a standings tangent, are we? Like we're not going to go on a standings. I, I, I wasn't but, going to, but, but then Mike Malone comes and sits on the starters. We get all like, this. Un- on, we guy. get we get the best unscripted stuff when we're on recording. Remember when the John Gruden news broke and we were literally recording? We, we had some pretty big moments when we were on together. So add a Mike Malone uh, line change to the Sunday night main slate to the list. But there's some pretty big prize pools for a Sunday slate. Like, that's a big deal. Like, if literally if Jokic doesn't play the second half, he was 20 plus percent on FanDuel GPPs. I'm sure people uh, on your side of things are heavily invested in some kind of props in that game, you know, in the prop oh, shop, et cetera. Man, you know what? And here's what I should have done. I got, I got to look on. Twitter, and I knew what I was going to say. I know we got to hop it. Go ahead. Here's what I should have done. Uh, and I, I knew this, Luke. This is something that I've been utilizing as a, a really good staple of prop building over the season, or especially mid to where we are now. Just hammer all the unders when people play Boston. Seriously. Now, it's not going to work out every single time. But Boston's been playing two – their defense has been outstanding. And so they're going to face a team that's not on their level, shall we say. Just hammer the unders. Like, oftentimes they aren't going to get there. And now that I'm thinking about it, I should have hammered the full game unders on all these, all these Nuggets players. All these Nuggets players. At any rate, 
slate time, my friend. I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. Slate time just started with it with a bang as we're finishing up Sunday, but Hey, uh, it's late season NBA. We're heading into April and maybe this is going to like open the floodgates. This is a domino effect. Maybe Mike, Mike Maloning will be the new thing across the league. We'll see. But uh, right when I'm ready to kind of like let Mike Malone back into my, like off my blacklist of coaches that I just can't tolerate figuring out. He, he does something like this. Hey, before we get into the slate and Toronto's playing um, tonight on Sunday night, you and I have done quite a bit of mutual Nick nurse slandering through the years. Have you put him back in your in your good graces now that he has limited his rotation and is playing his starters like 40 minutes? Do you, are you letting Nick Nurse off the hook for all the pain he's caused us in the past? Or how are your thoughts about his new uh, philosophy here? Uh, I mean, yeah, he's been playing them. Uh, even Chris Boucher has been getting 20 to 25 minutes a game. The problem is he's been short bodies. He's had to play them. Uh, but all in all, I mean, I, I'm still not a big Nick Nurse fan. Anybody, anybody can squeeze a championship out of a team when you got Kawhi Leonard in a group of guys that are really good all-star caliber talent around him, right? Like, you know, when they won that championship, say what you want. He pretty much got Kawhi Leonard and they had Kyle Lowry, who at that time was, what, three years younger, kind of, kind of I guess, in his, his version of his prime. You got Pascal Siakam, who's a complimentary young player that – uh, was thriving because all the attention wasn't on him, you know, and you get Norman Powell who comes off in the playoffs and hits shots. And I mean, come on, like, you know, you, you beat Golden State without Kevin Durant. Nick Nurse is a fraud. <laughs> so that answers my question. <laughs> and, and, and do you know why I'm going to say <laughs> Nick Nurse is a fraud? Well, no, he's not a fraud. I, I take that back. I, that That's very extreme. What I will say is, <laughs> what I will say is for all the, I mean, he's got his team in seventh place in the East, and, and he, he and a lot of his guys have been hurt this year. So I'm not going to say Nick, Nick, Nick Nurse in front. That that was extreme, okay. But I do think he's gotten, you know, a lot of credit um, for for winning a championship and having Kawhi Leonard. You, you want to show me how really good of a coach you are? You know, win it with Demar Derozan when he's there. Give me one season. Give me one season of Demar Derozan and Nick Nurse. And let's see how it goes. And, and then I'll change my tune. And as I'm saying this, Luke, I'm listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna give you any opportunity to uh to, to come at me here. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying our listeners, and I know you guys still well, you know I love you guys, but I, I feel the same way about Coach Kerr, right? Now look, um uh Mr. Jackson, he didn't Mark Jackson didn't get it done with Clay and Steph and Draymond right? We gave him a good foundation and he got one out of them, beat it, beat a team without Kyrie Irving. And then Kevin Durant comes over. You don't get any credit for winning the championship with Kevin Durant. You're supposed to win when you've got two of the best, pretty much three of the best shooters of, of this, this, uh, this generation, all in the same team, you better be winning championships, right? You know? So, I, you know, I'm not, and that's not to take away anything that the Nuggets accomplished. I'm saying don't tell me Steve Kerr's, you know, super some super elite coach when you stick Kevin Durant on a loaded team. That's all I'm saying. And so that's the same thing I'm saying about Nick Nurse. I, that, that's why I made that point. Don't tell me Nick Nurse is some great coach when you stick Kawhi Leonard on there and you win a championship. You're supposed to win. 
you know, especially, especially when LeBron's headed to LA. You're supposed to win. G- give me that team against Cleveland with LeBron there, and then then we'll talk. You know, see, all, all I gotta do is bring up some nonsense, and then I get the energy going on the pod. I get Chief, Chiefs juices flowing a little bit over there, and uh, and we're ready to rock and roll. All right, here we go. We had our fun. So we have seven teams on Monday on the second leg of a back to back. That's always fun. That's always fun. And one of those teams is Boston, who apparently Denver's calling off the dogs right now, and they're taking on OKC. That's a late game. We'll get there. Um, but those are just two of the seven teams that have also played on Sunday. So. Be prepared for some midday scratches and some potential rest days. I thought some of these Sixers would have sat tonight, especially after they decided to call up two G-leaguers to the team. But, uh, you know, I'd be shocked if either Embiid or, or Harden sat against Miami, which is at 730. We'll see. Anyway, we'll start with the 7 p.m. games, Chief. There's three of them. And I have FanDuel pulled up here. And the first one on FanDuel's list is Portland at Detroit. A real banger of a barn burner to kick things off here. The Blazers and the Pistons. Um, you know, Cade Cunningham has been fantastic. 7,500 fairly priced. We got Sadiq Bay up to 7K. Jeremy Grant looks like he's out with a knee. So uh, that is integral. We know there's probably going to be some usage opening up to Sadiq and Cade Cunningham. Uh, Marvin Bagley, 5,600, you know, uh, been getting more minutes, still kind of waiting for, for him to, uh, to kick things off with a, with a bang. He played really good against Orlando a couple days ago, 20 and 11 in 31 minutes. So uh, we'll see what kind of minutes Jeremy Grant can open up for guys like Bagley or Isaiah Stewart. And you still have Kelly Olynyk there, who's a GTD. But it's still kind of crowded in the front court there between Stewart and Bagley. But you take Jeremy Grant off. You're playing the poorest Portland Trailblazers. That was a good uh, alliteration use there. Uh, and, you know, you got to be interested in Kid Cunningham here. 75 on FanDuel. Sadiq Bay up to 7K. Now, that gets a little pricey. What are your thoughts on looking at any of these Pistons without Jeremy Grant? And is 7K too much for Sadiq Bay, Chief? Uh without Jeremy Grant maybe not um but you know we'll we'll kind of just have to see here i i'm actually more interested in uh in some of these other pieces like so so hear me out here how do you feel follow me here how do you feel about this doesn't it feel like Isaiah Stewart might be big time in play now, Jeremy Grant out? Like, you know, doesn't this, or, or, or like, if Kelly O plays, right? Like, this feels like one of those type spots where Jeremy's out, Kelly O can maybe get 25 minutes and torch a porous Portland team, or Isaiah Stewart can actually pick up 28 minutes this game or 30 rather than 22 and kind of handle a porous, like that. That feels like it to me. And yeah, Marvin Bagley at 59, like he's like the obvious answer, right? Because he's probably just going to step right in and play. And if he gets 30 minutes, you got to think he's there. Uh, he gets there. But that's kind of how I'm feeling. These, these little secondary pieces that maybe aren't right in front of our faces, dangling the carrot, that feels good to me. Uh, not as interested in Sadiq Day. I know he's had 70, you know, had that big, that big game against Orlando and a nice game against. Cleveland, uh, but at 7,100, I, I think I'm willing to let that go. Kane at 84, this could be a huge game for him. 
huge. Uh, but, you know, he's more of a wait and see. But I think I like these secondary pieces. Yeah, the Stu- Stewart will probably pop in some projections because whenever he sees 25, 30 minutes, he's usually good for that, like, 5X projection, median projection. Uh, we've seen him have some monster games in the past. He played pretty good recently um, against Orlando, saw 30 minutes in that one. So I, I do agree with you there. Uh, yeah, I think Cade Cunningham at that price, you know, he'll give you a pretty high floor, a great matchup. So um, he'll probably be popular in cash, but um, that's okay, especially on FanDuel where he's a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah, it looks like Corey Joseph is the GTD. He rested recently. Killian Hayes uh, has a head problem. We'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, uh, there's definitely fantasy appeal in this game and uh, i think it starts with Cade. but you're right one of these other forwards like stewart things could could certainly open open up um on the flip side uh, you have josh hart uh, it's still strange seeing him as a portland trailblazer he's up to 79 on FanDuel, and you know here's here's the thing with josh hart and you can still typically kind of catch his points props lingering around 17, 18 and a half. And I'm sure, you know, better than anybody. And, um, you know, when he's on, he's on, he could climb that ladder to those nice, you know, plus odds on FanDuel and hit those alt totals. But I feel like Josh Hart is, is kind of like, you know, when you're playing PGA DFS and you target guys that play easy courses, I feel like Josh Hart's really uh, like dependent on matchup. Cause he's like totally bombed against, decent defenses but he's torched a couple of bad ones that he's played i mean he put up 26 against indy 25 against brooklyn 31 against atlanta and 44 against the wizards so i'm totally fine you know detroit has been playing better they play slow but they're not great defensively so um, even though josh hart is up to 79 you know if he's in the right matchup we've seen his ceiling uh you know it's just it's getting up there when you're seeing josh hart around 8k chief yeah, the problem is, look who he's playing tonight. <laughs> that, that's the issue I think you have with Josh. But once again, you're right. At 8K, it, it, we're at a disadvantage at that price point. Like a huge disadvantage, especially when we've got other guys now that have kind of been getting involved, right? You see, you know, Williams is going to take shots. And, you know, we don't know which game Trenton Walford is, uh, Trenton Walford, excuse me, is going to pop. You know, uh, you know, Justice Winslow, God, make it. He's always hurt, but we don't know. You know, is he going to play Monday? It says Achilles. I don't know. Uh, but as the team is presently constructed, if Winslow is out, then what I will say is I, I think Josh Hart at AK might be one of the best plays on the slate in the spot. Like his ceiling is definitely more than 40 fantasy points. Right, given the, the team construction. So in a game against Detroit where it's going to be little defense, they got blown out today, uh, Luce. Now, hear me out here. This was a, they got blown out, and he put up 40. 26-4-3, and three, and that was in a blowout, right? I'm going to say that again. I'm trying to make a point here. It was a blowout, and he put up 40. Imagine if the game is close. He would He would have put up probably 50 to 60 fantasy points and and this this game against Detroit is another one where it's an opportunity to stay close to bad teams I think I think Hart's big time in playing tournaments yeah he'll come in low at at that sticker shock thing and I just want to also bring up that Mike according to my score app as we're recording 
Mike Malone decided to put his starting lineup in late in the third quarter to spell his B squad. They're down 30 now. What the hell is the point? What message are you sending to a team that is has championship-ish pedigree with the reigning MVP? Like, what is the point? Now Boston can just kind of coast the rest of the game because they play OKC tomorrow. So I I just – I'm just mind-blown by that. Anyway, I just wanted to – that was like your 15-second commercial break here. Brandon Williams, 6,900 on FanDuel. I, I just – I just couldn't do that. Um, you Drew Eubanks is still in play at 5,600 on FanDuel. We've seen him have some decent games. Uh, he's going to need 35-plus minutes to hit that ceiling. I'm probably not adding him to my player pool if Justice Winslow does play. I just think that'd probably be too many bodies. Um, other than that, I, I think I'm good on Portland. You got anything else? Nah, I am good, my friend. All right. I, I am very good. About that team in Los Angeles, the Lakers taking on Cleveland. Eight months ago, if I said the Lakers were playing Cleveland, who do you think would be the better team? <laughs> would you think it would be the Lakers or the Cleveland? I don't know. Well, the Lakers, based on the fact that they have LeBron James, uh, but now, I mean, what are we to do here? Well, LeBron is a GTD as he's been for like the last decade and he just keeps playing typically. So are you just under the assumption that he's going to play any game that isn't like the first or second leg of a back-to-back, even though he has that Q tag, like he's in the Bill Belichick tree or something like that? I mean, listen, the Lakers are just bad. If I'm the Lakers, I just scrap this season. And, and, and I know that may sound like a losing mentality, but it's not working. Anthony Davis isn't going to – I don't think he's going to move the needle enough because he keeps getting hurt, right? So – and as it presently stands right now, and I know we're talking about the slate today. I, I understand everybody. The Pelicans have passed them now, which I knew they would, right? The Lakers aren't beating the Pelicans. They're not. I, I don't, it, they're not beating them. So they, they can just stop it. And today, look at who they're playing today. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, we talked about the fact that what? A couple months ago, we would have thought that the Lakers would have, maybe we'd be counting this as a win, right? Counting this as a win in, in the win column for the Lakers. Not with this team. Cleveland's probably going to beat these guys by 15-20. Okay, it might not be that much, but I think everybody's expecting Cleveland to win, especially now with Levert back and Osman or Okoro and Garland and Goodwin and Mobley, Love. Marking it, I mean, they just got bodies, right? And young bodies, and the Lakers are struggling. I, uh, I don't really want to play anyone in this game. Like, so I've been on point guards against the Lakers all season. Let me make that clear. But Darius Garland at ninety three feels a little bit too expensive for me. Like, I know, I know he's got fifty plus fantasy point upside in him, but I still think that's the, the high price to pay for him. Karis Levert at sixty one. Would have been somebody we could be interested in, but he just doesn't have enough ceiling on Cleveland. Evan Mobley at 7,900, yes, he's got ceiling, but he's going to probably have to deal with LeBron James tonight. And as much as I, I feel like the Lakers are not a good defensive team, Evan Mobley is still no match for LeBron James. So I'm, I'm pretty much off Cleveland as a whole, and I'm pretty much off this game 
as a whole. Like, I don't feel like there's any one player that I have to play. LeBron's 11-6, and yeah, uh, I understand he's like a walking 60-burger, but I can get away with LeBron putting up 60 and 11-6 tonight and not and not not take a chance on him. Th- this game is a full fade for me, Luch. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. You know, Garland's been pretty good, but he's almost 9K. Uh, Westbrook, to me, is unplayable at 8,100 on FanDuel in like with his current role. I mean, he's 9K on DK. I, I know he went for 50-plus in back-to-back games. I I just uh, – I don't know. I guess I need to see it again before I buy into – Triple double Russ back in the fold, you know. I I don't know. He's up to nine K. Would you pay for him against Cleveland? I I just I can't see myself getting there. Yeah, I'm I'm not playing anyone in this game. Can't do it. That's fair. I mean, like if you want to play Westbrook, I think eighty one is much more tolerable than paying 9k for him Uh, he has been playing mega minutes the last two now they've been down some bodies so that could factor in to um to his extremely high minutes total uh looks like horton tucker is probable for monday looks like mellow's gonna play now mellow missed a game he missed uh he missed the toronto game so you know the lakers were missing some bodies and westbrook ran Uh, you know i'm not gonna like totally crap on the play of, of playing Westbrook, but I, you know, on this slate, I'm with you. I'm just not that interested now. I, I, I wouldn't argue with having some LeBron in the player pool. I would just maybe find somebody to pair him with. And it might be Garland if that's where you're going, just because this game could get ugly folks. Like you said, the Lakers are just not good. Uh, but yeah, not, not a ton of interest due to personnel. Karis LeVert in the mix there, like you said, just kind of, complicates things more for the other guys to get their ceilings. And uh, I'm with you. Um, let's go to the seven o'clock. Your Charlotte Hornets are hosting the Pelicans and New Orleans is another one of those seven teams that also played on Sunday. Uh, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, you know, your boys got the, got the horn, got the uh, Pelicans here and, you know, blindly, this should be a decent game environment. You would think there's typically decent totals when these two teams square off. So uh, no Brandon Ingram, it looks like still. And um, other than that, of course, Gordon Hayward's out. And uh, yeah, what are your thoughts here on this one? Who are you targeting? I mean, CJ should have the game of his life against Charlotte. I mean, 9,200, especially if Graham sits. Uh, he should have 50-point upside for sure. Uh, no secret, Jonas Valens Jr. should also have the game of his life. Now, the problem is, like I said, it's back-to-back. But we, we saw what he was able to do against Atlanta, who has a viable center on their team in Clint Capella. 26-12-4. Uh, should put up similar numbers here against Charlotte, right? I mean, he may have a 15-rebound game. That's not an exaggeration. These are facts. Uh, you know, I think Herb Jones had a had a fairly big game, uh, or, or uh, that was the other night. That was against Phoenix. Against Atlanta, he had 11, four steals. That's what it was. Had four steals against Atlanta. But Herbert, 6K, just, just can't do it. Main guys, though, definitely CJ, definitely Jonas Valanciunas. Jackson Hayes has been playing minutes, big minutes against Atlanta. He's another one that could really, really, really put up, put up a nice number for us on this slate. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I had a couple really good low own calls on crunch time on Sunday. I also bombed some of my core guys in my player pool. And I said, I got to stop chasing Cole Anthony. He stunk again without Jalen Suggs. Like, can you just do something eventually Cole Anthony? But one of those guys was Valanchunas and I'll go right back to him against Charlotte. Now he came in at 3% on Sunday night and you look at the games that the Pelicans were involved in and you look at the minutes of some of these starters, there was some carnage in these games. I mean, the Spurs game was like a 40-point game. Valanciunas has actually been really producing per minute. The games, he's just been sitting on the pines in the second half because the game's been out of control. So he finally played 33 minutes against Atlanta. Like you said, he went off for 47. um, And we actually got a price decrease on him. You know, the Spurs game, he played 21 minutes a couple days ago. 32 fans with points. All right, that's fine. Phoenix game only played 30 minutes, 38 FanDuel points. Houston game played 26 minutes, had 53 FanDuel points. So it's not like Valanciunas is not playing well. The games just have not been competitive. Now he finally got one, and he did it against, like you said, Clint Capella, great defender. So I think Valanciunas, despite McCollum being active and being on the roster now, Valanciunas was the guy we would often turn to in DFS and in overprops and stuff when Ingram would be out. So, yeah, of course, McCollum's going to take away some of that volume, but definitely Valanciunas squarely in play. like him a lot as well. McCollum, you know, as long as McCollum's in that 8K-ish range or whatever, you know, he's like almost like a cash game lock every damn slate he's on, especially against Charlotte. You know, 50-point upside, like you said. Now, it gets interesting on the Hornet side of the ball because, you know, all the, the big three, if you will, over there, Bridges, Rozier, LaMelo, um, all around that, like – 8K-ish range. LaMelo's finally up to 87 on FanDuel. Terry Rozier is 77. Bridges up to 8K. This guy was like 6,800 a couple of days ago. Just last week. Yep. Yep. But they, but they haven't been anywhere near those prices on DK. They, they've all been pretty much, you know, 8K or close to it. Like LaMelo's 88. Bridges is 8K. Rozier is 82. And that's pretty much where they've been mostly. Do you have a favorite Hornet or are you prioritizing any of these guys? I mean, LaMelo has been, been playing better and uh, like, who do you prioritize here on the Hornet side of the ball? Well, on DK, I don't think you prioritize anybody. They're all about the same. Um, you know, Bridges is, is, is starting to kind of have these splash games again. And, you know, at some point he's going to, I, I, well, I don't want to speak that over him, uh, but he'll fall off the face of the earth for four or five games, right? Like right now he's in that, in that range where he's starting to crank out 40 plus every game or 40, 40 plus, And then he'll go through a stretch where he's in the mid thirties. And so um, it's all matchup dependent. I do like the matchup here. I don't feel like the price is worth it, but at the same time I do, because I know we're fighting for playoffs, right? I, I understand that in this particular case, you know, we're in the nine seat, we're, we're a nine spot. We're in the ninth spot. Uh, we're 36 and 35. We win tonight. We're 37 and 35. Getting closer if the Nets lose, and we're kind of tied with them. But I think right now they own the tiebreaker, I think, because I know the last time they played us, I mean, they waxed us. Uh, Kevin Durant just went to town. Uh, well, no, the whole team pretty much. I mean, it was awful. So I think we're still on the tiebreaker. But um, we need to stay and hover in this range to kind of keep ourselves alive here. And so um, – I, I like all these guys, but I don't love them. Like, I wouldn't play more than one Hornet at those prices, at AK prices in my lineup. I agree. I like them. One of them 
will likely hit a ceiling game, but the odds of two of them getting there at those price points um, is rough. So I don't mind, you know, playing some of those New Orleans guys and running it back with one of those Hornets if you're into that. I, I could totally get on board with that. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where ownership falls on a, a slate where you have Luca and you have LaMelo, of course. You have Donovan Mitchell. We don't know if Conley is going to play or Bogdanovich. So there are some decent options, a guard, and, of course, uh, Kate Cunningham, like we talked about. So let's move on yeah. to, to the next one here, if you're good with that, for, uh, for time purposes here. And we do have Utah and Brooklyn, one of the two 730 games. Uh, Utah, one of the seven aforementioned teams that have played on Sunday. And, of course, the game's in New York, so we're not going to get Kyrie Irving. Um, it looks like we don't know about Mike Conley. Yeah, he okay. was out for maintenance. Okay, uh, on the front, on the front end. And, right. Um. So perhaps, perhaps he plays tomorrow. Perhaps. So, if he doesn't, you know, you're still looking at Donovan Mitchell at 8,500. You're looking at him against Brooklyn. He's 9K on DK, and I still don't care against Brooklyn. Like, as in a good thing, right? Like, you want you yeah. want, you want want some action there. Yeah, for sure. Jordan Clarkson's sure. been playing out of his mind. He's up to 6K on FanDuel. Um, he was on pace to hit 6X value again tonight. Don't know if he did. What are your thoughts uh, on Jordan Clarkson at 6K on FanDuel? Uh, good price there. I mean, he's 6,600 on DK, so... Uh, getting close to a fade. Um, I think when I uh, when I checked earlier, I feel like Clarkson had at least 22 or 23 real points. I'm, I'm almost sure I'm correct there, Luke. Yeah. And I'm actually pulling it up now because I want to make sure. Because I think he had – I know I know for a fact I think he had around 18 at halftime. And they're up on the Knicks big right now. Yeah, he's got 23. And that's what I thought. He's got 23. Mitchell ended with a nice game, 33, 6, and 8. So 33.6 assists, 8 rebounds. Um, and, and this is this to me is the indicator of why you, you might like both of these guys. Clarkson took 17 shots and Mitchell took 19 shots. And uh Mitchell was six of ten from three, Clarkson one of four for three. Not they're gonna repeat that tomorrow. But my point is I love taking guys that are gonna have shot attempts near 20 right the closer we get to 20 the more comfortable i feel with guys going blowing past 40 and 50 fantasy points uh especially when they're going to get peripherals and that's something that i i I will mention donovan mitchell no mike conley his peripherals are going up this season right like if you look at look at what he's getting done he's getting assists getting rebounds like that's what we want when we're when we're paying 9k and i don't so i'm not afraid to do that against brooklyn a guy that can score 30 five and five, 36 and eight. Like those are good numbers. I like for him to get a few steals and blocks, but uh, can't have it all. So if we can't have it all, then, hey man, go ahead and light up the scoreboard and, and do everything else. Uh, another guy that I think is going to be big time and play here is Rudy Gobert. He's got to deal with Andre Drummond. He's 7,800 on DK. Uh, and this should be a spot where he can rebound well. And I also, and I know I'm hopping to the other side, skipping ahead, but this also makes me like Andre Drummond at 57 because Rudy Gobert is going to be there. So I, I like both of these guys equally um, with Drummond being 57 and Rudy being 78. Drummond's probably going to play 25 minutes and, and Rudy's probably going to play 35 minutes. So, you know, pick your poison there. Yeah, I like the Drummond call and and 
a, the flip side to maybe some someone's perspective would be like, well, you don't want to play him against Rudy Gobert. But if you like Drummond, you like him because you think he's going to get minutes because he's an elite point per minute producer. So yeah, there's going to, they need some, some height against Gobert for sure. So I like the Drummond call and at 5,600, he could crush against anybody. It doesn't matter if it's Rudy Gobert or the next guy. Um, but yeah, definitely interested in those jazz Mitchell uh, Mitchell, regardless of Conley status, I think at that price in this matchup, uh, if Conley's out again, I think Mitchell's definitely a priority Clarkson on FanDuel definitely a priority if, if Conley's out. Um, so that's interesting. I think this is actually a really great spot to go back to Kevin Durant because he laid the dud without Kyrie. Uh, against Dallas. Now Portland hit 38 real points, 49 fans will points in this, in the box score. He had eight turnovers though. It's a lot, you know, no block, uh, had a block, no steals. I mean, like he could very well drop 60 against jazz at sub 10%, sub 15%. And I, I wouldn't be shocked here. I, I like Durant for large field tournaments. I, I, I'm thinking it's going to be pretty low ownership. Yeah. I, I like that call for sure. Okay, want to move on to Miami Philly? Please. This is going to be quick, I promise. All right, all right. I know it's a, a battle of two alleged, you know, gauntlet defensive teams. I would be shocked if Embiid were hard and sat this game. There were rumors of Embiid sitting on Sunday night. The 76ers even called up a couple G-leaguers. Glenn Rivers said he didn't know if Embiid was going to play before the game, but he's planning on it. Now, Jimmy Butler on the flip side is also questionable. And, uh, like, this guy just doesn't suit up. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think I don't know if it was Dean or somebody else. Somebody was really getting on Butler's case. Maybe. I don't know who it was. I don't want to call Dean out like that. So I, don't, I don't remember who it was. But how Butler just isn't the tough guy persona. I kind of agree. Like, I don't know. He misses a lot of games. I don't know how bad the ankle is. That's fine. Dean is a Heat fan, by the way. So, I wonder how he feels about the 76ers matchup, but you can catch Dean on Grinders Live. Does a great job, by the way. I love working with Dean. Um, can't wait for baseball. Baseball Grinders Live is going to be fun, Chief. That's going to be good times. Um, it's going to be good for us and good for my pockets. Good guy. <laughs> okay, so let me just ask you this. If Butler sits, like, is there a chance one of these 76ers, you play the, the chess game here and sit one of them as well? I'm not playing anybody from this game unless Joel Embiid sits and then I'll play Harden. I, I'm done. I'm I'm not playing. I mean, two teams that want to play defense some, right? Um, you know, and all the guys from Miami, I feel like they're mostly priced appropriately for the situation. Um, you know, Max Stress is now 4,300, not 3,500. Hero 7,400, not 6,500 or 6K or 6,200. And uh, Kyle Lowry is 6,300, and he should be because he's not going over 40 points hardly any this season. Um, so I, I, this, this is a throwaway game for me. Now Tobias Harris is 6,400 as well. So if Embiid sits, like I'm a lot more interested in the Sixers. If Butler sits, I don't care. I'm still not playing anybody from Miami today. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta keep an eye on this stuff because the price points of the Sixers, especially on FanDuel, if Embiid or Harden sit, Tobias is 5,500 and Tyrese Max is 5,200. And at that point, I don't care what the matchup is because they're so cheap. Um, so, so definitely keep that in your back pocket as you're listening to the morning grind here and see what kind of news breaks. Hopefully everybody just plays. Hopefully we see a good East battle with Jimmy Butler in and both six or studs and, 
and uh, we get a good one here. But if they're all active, I'm, I'm not crazy about anybody in this game either. I, you know, Butler at 8,300, I, I would have Butler shares. Other than that, uh, I'm good. Hero at 7,800 is, uh, is a complete pass for me if Butler's active. I'd maybe think once about having some hero shares uh, for large field stuff if Butler is out. But, you know, he's almost 8K as well. Kind of getting the Josh Hart treatment there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm with you. Mostly a pass. If we get some injury news, they'll definitely open up some 76ers, though. But I'm thinking if they played today, they're not going to sit at home against Miami. So we'll see what happens. Um, Boston and OKC, Chief. Well, there's always a chance. I'm not playing anybody in this game. What if SGA plays? I don't care. How, How many unders on these guys' props? That's all I can tell you. I mean, Marcus Smart barely even played today. He played the first. Listen, this is how bad they handled Denver, okay? He played the first quarter. Coach didn't even play him the second quarter. They just let Peyton Pritchard go out there and run wild. You know, Jason Tatum didn't play much. I mean, Jalen Brown, they played. This is almost going to not feel like a back-to-back to them. They didn't have to play a lot of minutes. I'm not playing anyone from Boston. I'm not playing anyone from OKC. I will say one priority for me could be Isaiah Roby. And one of my few decent good tournament calls on crunch time again. And uh, no thanks to Cole Anthony. I don't think he'll have a sweat tonight. But I did have about just under 20% of Isaiah Roby. He started for Oklahoma City. He's down to 4,100. He was 47 on Sunday. He played yeah, 28 minutes. 47 on DK. Here's the reason why. It's got nothing to do with his price. It's got everything to do with Boston. And I, and I know it doesn't take much for him to pay off that price tag, especially if they let him keep playing, right, in the fourth against the Scrubs. Like, I get it. I, I just – I'm just I, – I feel like I'm on the right path here, avoiding bad teams against Boston, much less good teams. That's fair. Uh, I and, do of like- course, you know now that we've mentioned this, OKC is going to win this game. They're just going to keep it close and win on a last-second buzzer beater of some sort. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm not crazy about SG in this spot. And there aren't there are not many matchups that I've shied away from him, but this would probably be one of them. You know, if they do somehow keep it closed, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are so cheap, chief, you know, like 92 for Tatum on FanDuel, 72 for Jalen Brown. You you'd almost have to run it back for someone with OKC for tournaments, though, if and then who is that going to be? I don't know. Or are they cheap enough where you're willing to let them stand alone in some of your builds? You know, then you get that discussion. Like, like Jalen Brown could get there in a blowout at 7,200, right? Like, it's possible for sure. Yeah. Anything's possible. <laughs> anyway, keep an eye on that SGA news. It would be real interesting if SGA did not play again and we had to deal with all of that okc value against boston where you have value against a tenacious d that could be a recipe for some bad chalk you you know well you already know what i'm gonna do like i said i'm pretty much fading this game okay if, if this game beats me hey i throw up my hands and say good job i'm just playing devil's advocate i do like isaiah roby in this one though uh keep an eye if he starts if he doesn't start for some reason don't like him as much, but after his great game on Sunday, I think Roby will probably get the nod again. Uh, 
Another 8 o'clock game, Nick Nurse's Toronto Raptors will be visiting the Chicago Bulls. Toronto also played Sunday night. Fred Van Fleet did not play on Sunday. I do think he's going to play Monday, though. Exactly. Allegedly, he will play on Monday. Yeah. OG is still out. Malachi Flynn out. Uh, For Chicago, it looks like we still got Lonzo on the shelf. Uh, He's been there for quite some time. Uh, DeRozan down to 82 in the revenge spot. Levine, 76. Vucevic, 71. We're finally seeing DeRozan and Vuce are pretty cheap in the grand scheme of things, but it's tough when these guys eat up each other's usage. Um, But, man, I mean, it's almost like like reverse sticker shock seeing Vuce at 71 and DeRozan at 82 because he was at, like, 95, 10K for most of the season. Uh, but, you know, Levine and Caruso back in the fold really matters. I mean, that's where all the usage was going, right? I mean, those guys are back now, and, and that matters for DeRozan. What are your thoughts here? Are you interested in any of these bulls at their kind of deflated prices? Maybe. Um, the problem is you still don't know who's going to have the big game per se, right? It could be any of them. Um, you know, Zach Levine is 7,600 on DK. DeRozan is 87, I believe. Let me see. Hang on. He is, yeah, he's 87. And uh, Vooch is 78. So, you know, it's, uh, Vooch essentially should have a good game here. But at 7,800, I still don't think it's worth it. I I don't feel like he's going to go for much more than 40, right? 40 fantasy. And that's just because of the situation. You know, with Levine back, DeRozan is still going to get his numbers, but he's not going to be 35-plus points a game every game. He's going to be more like mid-20s. And Levine's going to be, you know, in the low to mid-20s. Um, and so I think for that reason, when all these guys are eating into each other, the only thing that that gives me a, a reason to consider playing them is oftentimes, you know, I like taking guys like this in good matchups, not bad matchups, right? So I don't mind taking Chicago against Toronto where the game should be fairly competitive for most of the game, at least, right? Versus taking them against Detroit, which is a team they they should essentially beat by double digits, you know, 20 times out of 25, you know? Uh, So I I don't mind them, I think, you know, in in deep, deep tournaments, but I wouldn't play more than one in my build. I'd set a rule in lineup HQ and say, hey, Vooch, DeRozan, um, Levine, no more than one. And that's kind of how it played. Because I don't know which guy is going to have the, the ceiling this time, but uh, one of them probably will. Yeah, that's fair. I, or I like, none of them could. They could all end up with 40, 45, you know? I, I, you know what? Voos is so cheap on FanDuel, I'd be okay with the 45. 7,100. I mean, you know, if I'm playing three max stuff, yeah. I think Voos will be very popular at that price. He's my favorite bull because of his price. Yeah. Um, Levine just... Levine needs to be the alpha to kind of pay off these price tags. I feel like we saw him have massive games last season, but neither of these guys were, were in the fold, you know? I mean, like, like, like with both with both the Rosen and Vuce there for, for, for most of the season. Anyway, I know they made the late season moves, but like, well, here's what I will say. Levine has, does have peripheral upside now. Like if you look at his game law, it's not just like, 35 points, two rebounds, two assists. Like the other night against Phoenix, it wasn't a great fantasy performance, but he had 12 points. He shot one for seven, by the way. 
uh, and he had nine assists and two rebounds. I mean, if he hits, you know, another five shots, like, man, you know, takes another five, hits another five, you know, we're looking at a, a, a game getting close to 40 at 7,600, um, you know, against Utah, 33, five and two, 27, six and three, uh, you know, 24, five and eight against Philly. Like that's pretty good for Levine considering he's got two other guys that I can soak some usage up. So I, I, I feel like on DK, he's 76, DeRozan's 87, Vooch is 78. I think Levine's my favorite on DK. Yeah, he's been he's been playing much better as of late, and maybe he's getting his legs back under for the playoffs. So I'm with you. I'm okay with one bull. Would not play two of them. You would need overtime and then some to probably, you know, to have that formula down for, for optimal lines. Um. You know, Toronto with Fred back in. Now, you know, you wouldn't think this, but, you know, you go on cleaning the glass or, or wherever, and, and that's one of my uh, resources to look at lineups and net ratings and whatever. But when Lonzo and Alex Caruso play, you, you know, you wouldn't think they would matter a lot, but but the Bulls are much better defensive defensively when Caruso and Lonzo both play statistically. Um, you know, Caruso back definitely helps Chicago. Obviously, Lonzo's still out. Uh, you know, Van Fleet's going to pop in models and stuff at 7,300. And, you know, like he missed the game against Denver. He missed the game on Sunday. Um, but since he missed, like he came back from that extended absence, it's not like they babied him or anything. 33 minutes, 37 minutes, missed the game, 40 minutes, 35, 46. I mean, if this is a competitive game and Van Fleet's not on a back-to-back, it's possible they rested him to play 40 minutes in a competitive game on Monday. It's possible. I don't know what they're thinking, but if you're going to give me 40 Fred Van Fleet minutes at 7,300, you know, you, you got, you got to have a ton of interest there. And he might not, might not have that 55 point upside. He was flashing in like, you know, December or whatever, but you know, he can get you 40, 45 at 7,300. And uh, I think you'll be happy with that. Siakam at 91, Chief. Uh, you know, with, with Van Fleet back, are you less prone to playing anybody else on Toronto? Or how, how interested are you in Van Fleet, by the way, as well? And your mic might be on mute there, buddy, so <laughs> let me know. Yeah, it was on mute. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say less prone. Like, I don't mind rolling Siakam out at 8,900. Like, I feel like that, that's what he's on DK. I feel like that's a good price pretty much any time, right? Now, Scotty Barnes is at 8,100, and he's going to get the X button with with, uh, with Fred Van Vliet coming back. Now, as long as we're getting PG Scotty, right, when, when Van Vliet sits, you're going to get Scotty Barnes at point guard. Uh, I don't mind that price, but with Van Vliet back, heavens no. You're getting Gary Trent at 6,400, and he's going to have some explosive games. But I think for me, with uh, with the Toronto Raptors, it's just Siakam at 89. He's the most consistent, has has the most upside on a consistent basis. Uh, that That's who I'm rolling with. Yeah, a game that could have a lot of action, but a lot of guys that are priced up. So uh, it's tough to get him in there. So, uh, yeah, Siakam in the fold. Van Fleet, I think, is a priority for the most part. For you know, especially for cash games at that price on FanDuel. Um, and letting on that note, let's move on. We got two games left on the card here. Uh, Washington and Houston, another doozy, another doozy. And you got the Wizards with their new face of the franchise, Kristaps Porzingis. 
his running mate, Kyle Kuzma, is questionable for Monday. So uh, hopefully we get that news at some point because it's an 8 o'clock game. And, uh, you know, it's a funny slate, Chief. You know, we have all these games, but the latest game is at 8.30. So it's not like we – is that right? So we don't have like a 10 uh, 10.30 hammer or anything like that, which uh, is kind of bizarre, you know? I mean, geez. Yeah, that is kind of like a sprint slate, as Dean would say in the morning grind. So we got a sprint slate, long sprint slate. Anyway, uh, Christian Wood has been pretty good the last two weeks, uh, 8,600. I, I don't see these guys carrying a lot of ownership, especially if we don't get news. Now, uh, you know, Porzingis is almost 8K. You know, like what kind of minutes are we looking at with Porzingis? He hasn't played more than 30 at all. It's tough. Uh, even against Houston, he would have to smash and – you know, 20, 25 minutes, something like that. I mean, he's going to play 25, theoretically. Uh, man, so you got you got a, a case of great matchups on both sides of the ball. You got some guys that are priced up because they were smashing while their teammates were out here. Uh, you know, who do you have interest in here? I, if Kuzma's in, I want some Kuzma at 7K flat. Um, and that probably takes Porzingis out of the fold with me because Kuzma will eat up his shots. And he's still not going to play 30 minutes as far as we know. We'll have to see what we project Porzingis for. But I'm not – this is a tricky one. And it's, it's kind of, you know, one of the last two games on the slate here. Definitely it looks like Kuzma's going to play at 7K on FanDuel. I think that's a fantastic price. At 8K on DK, it's, it's good. It's not great, right? Like, he could absolutely show some ceiling here. But if you look at his numbers, and, and I haven't pulled up court IQ for this, so shame on me. But just in terms of actual production, I've seen Kuzma's numbers come down with Porzingis playing. So I have to assume usage isn't the, isn't the same and fantasy points per minute isn't the same, um, unless that's just noise for the first, you know, five to eight games or so. But I, 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 I'm almost positive Kuzma's numbers have come down. Uh, you know, you look at uh, the total team of Washington here. Nobody's really interesting, right? Like NATO's playing a few minutes and, you know, Ish Smith is going to play a few minutes. You know, you're going to get uh, Denny Abdia playing a few minutes and he's 4,400, um, you know, and he's been kind of in the high 20s. He might be my favorite player from Washington. It's just he's 4,400 now and not 38. Man, I wish we had a few hundred off. Uh, but you know, Corey Kispert's playing minutes, right? Uh, so it, it, they've got this random collection of guys playing minutes, but none of them have real upside. Like Denny could probably get to 30, and that's probably going to be about his match, right? Like he's not getting to 40, I don't think. Uh, but that that's where we are with this team. And so I'm probably more interested in some of these pieces from Houston than Washington, just because of the prices and the combination of players that we have. I agree. I think Kuzma's a great fan to play. Hopefully we get that news. Um, I don't really want to deal with that value as one of the last games, but hey, what are you going to do? If Kuzma's in, I don't really have interest in Porzingis. Now, don't get me wrong. It is the Rockets. He could drop a 50 bomb in 27, 28 minutes, but, you know, I will just play the odds that he won't hit like 1.8 fantasy points per minute in this matchup or something, hopefully. I got to ask you on the flip side of the ball, what's wrong with Jay Sean Tate? Is he in the doghouse? Are they like, are they like trying to move on from him? Are they done with him? He's barely playing. He's starting. Like, I know they've been blown out, but he's still been playing the least amount of minutes out of these starters. And he's 4,400 on FanDuel. We're talking about a matchup with the Wizards here. And, you know, we talked before the show, we talked about going back to the well on a guy and it's been ugly. Yeah, it's been ugly. 
4,400. I I don't know what to do with him. He'll probably pop on projections. I mean, he's going to be listed as the starter. I mean, we're talking oh, bare bones here on Jay Sean Tate against the Wizards. What you have a read on this situation? What's going on over there? Something must be wrong with him. Like, you're one of the younger pieces on this team. You should be getting at least 28 to 30 minutes a game minimum. And he's more around 20 to 22 minutes. Um, you know, like you said, we're talking about some of these back to the well situations. Is it the Dennis Schroeder effect, right? Is, is that what's going on? I think that could be the case, Luch. I think Dennis Schroeder being on this team has probably screwed up the minutes rotation. And so you're looking and you're saying, okay, who, you know, who can we maybe cut minutes to give Dennis's 28 minutes? And that person's probably Jay Shante. And that, that's sad to say, but I, I think that's what's happening. I think you're right. I mean, he's seen uh, Schroeder seen 27 minutes in two of his last three games. He's gone for 28 fans points against Phoenix, 26 against Memphis, laid a dud against the Pacers. Uh, this is a guy in you know, Schroeder in the right matchup, which maybe he has it in the Wizards where, you know, 4,300, it goes for 30, 35 fans points, you know, like I could see that happen. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is a very interesting, probably sub 5% GPP large field dart tomorrow. Yeah. I think Jay Sean Tate is still in play too for what it's worth because the price is coming down. On DK, uh, Jay Sean is 4,400. Here's why you play Jay Sean Tate, Luch, on this slate. His ownership's going to be low, right? And what you're hoping is he has one of those crazy runs early. Yep. Five or six points, three or four assists, two or three rebounds. And you're hoping he gets like three or four steals in the first half. He does that. Like you're set up for success because everything else he does now is gravy, especially if you know, I don't know how much he is on FanDuel, but let's say he gets three steals in the first half that's nine, six points, right? You're at 15, uh, three or three assists, 19 and a half. Is that where we're all right? Yeah, uh, 19 yeah. and a half, a couple of rebounds, and and then he'll probably have two turnovers, and maybe he's right at 20 fantasy points by the time. The second half kicks in, and now you just need him to get like 10 fantasy points. See, so I think that's what you're hoping with Jay Sean Tate. He has one of those crazy first half explosion or second half explosion, right? Um, in limited minutes. So I, I do still think he's uh, mass multi-entry viable, but I don't I don't like it. I just think, but he could be a slate breaker for you, right? He puts up 40 randomly, and and, and there you have it. He's probably optimal. Um, even at very low ownership. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. should be good as well. Um, you know, if the game is tight, I think he'll get 33, 34 minutes. Like that, that's what I think. And I, I think, you know, at that price, he's reasonable. Jalen Green's been playing minutes. I'm not as interested in him, but overall, I do like the game. I, I just, the, the piece is trying to put the pieces together. And Christian Wood essentially, and I know I'm talking a lot here, Luke, so sorry, but Kristen Wood essentially should have an upside game because Washington's been horrible inside against big men like him. So he should have a good game. Will he? I don't know. So Jay Sean hasn't played 30 minutes since February 10th. Dennis Schroeder signed January 23rd, didn't play 25 minutes until February 16th. And every game that he's played, he's played at least 23 minutes since then. So. There you go. You add one more body of the rotation and uh, and the emergence of our guy Sengun 
right? So both, whatever kind of lineup, like they want to throw one of those guys in, it just seems like Tate might be the weakest link. You're right. He needs one of those crazy first runs to to get the hot hand, stay in there. And, you know, we've seen him do it. <laughs> but uh, it's tough to not want a couple of large field shares of Jashan in this matchup. If you're playing single yeah. entry, three max, totally understand the fade. But, yeah. you know, uh, it's a tough one. I, I think Christian Wood could be really sneaky in this one. You know, he's really turned it on. Um, you know, he's had some ceiling games, you know, late a dud against Memphis, obviously. I've been in some blowouts, but, I mean, you know, dropped a 70 bomb against the Pacers. So, uh, if he gets the minutes and, like, this game has a chance of being competitive, it could be a Christian Wood game. Um. All right, Minnesota and Dallas. Of course, I guess this is considered the late night hammer. I don't know, but Luka Doncic is on it. It's all you need to know. Of course, you got the quote unquote big three in Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns is questionable. That is a huge piece of news. Might not be one that we get, but we can cross our fingers. He has a forearm contusion. Um, Listen, anytime Towns is out, it opens the door for Edwards. It opens the door for Russell. Ed- Edwards isn't even 8K. D'Angelo's 6,400 on FanDuel. Uh, Nas Reed's a game-time decision. God forbid you miss Towns and Nas Reed. Jared Vanderbilt's 4,400. You know, Dallas plays slow, but I-, I-, I care less about that for big men. So if Towns misses, hopefully we get that news. But you're looking at Vanderbilt, 4,400. Going to see 30 minutes probably kind of thing. So we need that Towns news. Uh, I'm definitely interested in Minnesota guys. Like, don't even think about it. If Towns is out, you want one of those Timberwolves displayed a slow matchup. And I'm looking at I'm looking at D'Angelo Russell at 6,400. I'm thinking that could be the move if Towns is out. Um, of course, the Dallas matchup. I mean, does that change your thoughts on anything here? Yeah, I mean, Dallas is another one of those teams where, uh, at least from a props perspective, I've I've tempered my expectations with with uh, production because of their style of play. Uh, in this case, though, if they have somebody out like Carl Anthony Towns, you know, Nas Reed sits like, it's going to open it up, right? The lack of Carl Anthony Towns will feed into production for Edwards and Russell. And so in that regard, if Towns is out, love Russell, love Edwards, probably love Vanderbilt as well. And, and heck, might as well even throw Patrick Beverly into the mix, Right. Because he'll, he'll be contributing. Got ejected the other night, so should be well-rested. Um, and I think, you know, that would probably let me open it up for Luke a little bit more as well. If Carl Anthony Towns plays, I'm I'm probably just on Luke and maybe Carl Anthony Towns, and that's it. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, Luca is 10-6 on FanDuel, so we're, un- we're definitely, you know, under that 11K. And uh, Minnesota has been playing pretty fast recently here. Uh, 61 for Dinwiddie. I'm probably out there. Um, didn't quite get the Jalen Brunson game we wanted to on Friday without Dinwiddie. Um, but honestly, like either one of those guys could have a random ceiling game against Minnesota because of the pace they play at. But yeah, definitely. We, we want that Carl Anthony Towns news. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that's at 830. You know, hopefully... Hopefully we get that at least before the 7.30 locks, right? I mean, you have three 7 o'clock games. One's Portland-Detroit. We talked about, you know, Cunningham is, is, you know, we know that Jeremy Grant's out. So that 
that makes some of those guys good plays. We talked about LA and Cleveland that we're both kind of pumping the brakes a little bit here. Uh, and of course, you kind of know the Charlotte New Orleans guys, unless we get a, a crazy scratch in that game, those are the three seven o'clock games. Unless we get a random someone is resting in the afternoon, we'll probably know who's going to play New Orleans and Charlotte. So like if, if we could just get that Carl Anthony Towns news between 7 and 7.30, um, um, that would be great. Um, I guess that's it. I mean, that, that's a big piece of news. Who, who would benefit? The, like, who is the biggest beneficiary of Towns potentially missing? Is it one of the high usage guys or would it be like a cheap Jared Vanderbilt in your opinion? I think it's all of them. I mean, I, I legit think that helps Russell – Edwards and Vanderbilt, right? I think Nas Reed being out helps Vanderbilt more than Towns being out, if that makes any sense, right? Like, because if Nas Reed is there, but Towns is just out, then Nas Reed is just going to have the Towns role per se. But if Nas Reed is out and Towns are out, like now Vanderbilt is essentially the rebound machine, right? He's the inside man. Yeah. So, that, that's why I think it helps all three because Vanderbilt's so cheap. We don't need him to get 40. He gets 35, 30. We're fine, right? And now that opens it up for Edwards and, and Russell to kind of carry the scoring load. So both of those guys score 25-plus points or 25 and hit their peripherals. Then they can both score 40-plus. And at those prices, that's great. Yeah. And so that, that's, that's why I think all three are, are really big beneficiaries if – Carl Anthony Towns sits. It looks like Reed is probable. I still think Vanderbilt squarely in play if if Carl Anthony Towns is out. I Vander, agree. Vanderbilt might even pop in projections and carry some ownership even if he's active at, at that price. Um, but I would much prefer if if Towns misses. Uh, same price point on the other side of the ball. He's combined for 43 FanDuel points in his last 90 minutes of play, averaging a whopping <laughs> just over half a fantasy point per minute. Is Dorian Finney-Smith, 4,400 against Minnesota. You want to talk about boomer bust guys with, with low usage rate? It's this guy. He can break a slate, though, at 44. He could also break your heart at 44. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen him do it, had it. I mean, the, the way Charlotte just pounded the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday. Once again, weekend NBA, late season weekend NBA at, yeah. at its finest. Um, you know, I thought Dorian Finney-Smith and Dwight Powell were going to have really good games. And this is from a prop perspective, just talking out loud here. But, you know, they had Dwight Powell at a rebound prop of five and a half. And typically for a center that's going to start against Charlotte, that's a little bit too low. Well, Charlotte just ran him out of the building. And so nobody hits the hits the, the price, and I'm not holding that against them because this is the reason why I bring it up. This is a similar matchup against Minnesota. So if they're able to get rolling here, then Dorian Finney-Smith is definitely someone that that you can play. I I'm not as interested. I'm I'm more interested in Luca because uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, you look at him on DK, and I don't, I don't think I told you that price. He's 5,500, which is a lot different. So I, I'm just I'm not as interested. He goes, but there's no rhyme or reason with this guy. He goes for 35 against Boston, FanDuel points. Right, a good defensive team. 14 against Brooklyn, 16 against Philly, 13 against Charlotte. So, like, you see what I'm saying? I see. It's crazy. He is the ultimate GPP boomer bus guy. So, uh, do you have a favorite stud for this slate? Like, all things considered, like, let's just say Cat's in, you know. Um, 
you have a favorite stud? Is it Luca? I, I mean, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I know you're not fond of the Philly guys. You don't want SGA. Um, my best guess is you're you're on Luca tomorrow if you're building a lineup for a ceiling guys. Am, am I right here? Uh, close, but okay. not close enough. Are you Kevin Durant? I think, I think my KD would probably be my favorite. Okay. Against Utah, like competitive game. No, no Kyrie in this one. Is going to play 35, 38 minutes. Yeah. You know, Utah should be able to keep up, even though they're on a back-to-back. I, I like KD here. Uh, Utah's great defensively. I mean, we, we're talking about 10 days ago, it, KD dropped 50 against the Knicks, who are not Utah, but they're good, and they play slow. But Kyrie Irving didn't play that game. Um, and he's not playing this game. He's not. And this guy's coming off 38 real points. Against speaking Portland. of which, speaking of which, you know, I don't really get into the, uh, the, the, M- let me call it the NBA politics, but uh, Kyrie Irving, if when the Knicks are at home, Kyrie Irving can go and watch the Knicks play basketball, but he can't play for Brooklyn I when they're, when they're, Anyway, like well, I said, I'm 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 not into the pot, but no, no, me that, either. That, that's something that makes you think, right? That's a head scratch. Well, not, not only that, but I'm not. And in, I get but, it. I get it. He's not in an in a employed capacity. Like I I understand the concept behind it, right? Like, hey, your employer requires you to do this. You haven't done it, so you can't play. Like I get that, but he can come into the arena right across town as a spectator and everything's okay. That's the conflict of interest in terms of what's happening here. You know, I just brought that up because, you know, Kyrie's not playing tomorrow. So Kevin Durant's going to be out there by his lonesome trying to drag this team to a win. Out there by his lonesome. I think you just created our podcast title for me. I like that one a lot. (laughs) Well, not only that, but this, I agree. I don't want to get into the politics and and whatnot. Um, But I have, uh, I have my, auction MLB draft coming up in 10 days in Atlantic city. And I'm looking at these Yankees. I'm looking at that, you know, the Mets, like who's not vaccinated Are the rules going to change what's going to happen. And, and we're in a really competitive uh, key. It's a keeper league. So like, can the Yankees play in Toronto? Like if you can't play in New York and you can't play in Toronto, it's like two thirds of your schedule in the AL East, right? If you're not vaccinated. Yeah. So are we going to get this thing figured out or what? I mean, there's been rumors and rumblings of, okay, like before the playoffs, you know, they'll change the regulations and Kyrie could play. Like, I don't know. I mean, we're almost in April and. Yeah. Couldn't imagine doing a fantasy MLB draft, like, like three weeks ago. How, so much has changed by the hour. Every time I open up my phone, chief, Nick Castellanos signing with the Phillies and, you know, and, and crazy thing. Jorge Soler's on the Marlins. I just saw and, uh, look, looking forward to it. You looking forward to MLB, man? We got a full season, man. What, what's your favorite kind of prop to target uh, for MLB? Do you have anything specific? Strikeouts, uh, pitch, pitching, pitch innings, pitching innings, or, or pitching outs, rather, right? Because, you know, you get three outs per inning. And typically, you know, they'll set the line for the good pitchers around, you know, 17 and a half. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then for a guy like Zach Wheeler, they typically set at 18 and a half because, you know, he can go seven quickly. Uh, And then last but not least, Luke. So these are my favorites. Strikeouts, pitched innings or pitching outs, hits, hits plus walks or total bases. 
Like those four, sign me up. Uh, you know, so for instance, and, and I'm bringing this up because I'm giving you a freebie ahead of the season before it even starts. Mookie Betts typically comes in at one and a half hits plus walks every game. And do you know what you do, uh, Luch? You take the over on one and a half every game, no matter who he's pitching it. Almost every game, Mookie Betts is going to have two walks or a hit and a walk. Almost every game. Now, he'll go through patches where, you know, he has one, but most games, that, that that's like my favorite prop on the season. And the season hasn't even started yet. Mookie Betts, one and a half hits plus walks. You just take the over. And now they have Freddie Freeman there. Wow. Uh, they, they just got even better on offense. It's incredible. It's like, well, got Freddie Freeman coming up. So I guess we're going to throw Mookie Betts the fastball, right? Oh, it's going to be career year for Will Smith incoming, by the way. Jeez, what a lineup. Uh, that's about it, man. It was good talking some hoops with you. Anything else before we head on out of here? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, been a good pod. Glad we were able to hang out a little bit and let's do it. Oh, by the way, you know, and I know you know this, but Red Sox get Trevor Story. The dominoes keep falling. You know, did you know that? I, I, I did see that. And it's funny, like, I have stupid tradition traditions. For some reason, I bought a, ma- a magazine for my draft. I don't even really use it, but I'll read a little bit of it. It's like that is the most out like those poor magazine sales have to be in the toilet. You know, I, you know, your old school, even even 15 years ago, you, you grab a, a copy of whatever fantasy magazine you roll to your draft. Now everybody brings their tablets and you have all these apps and stuff to, to keep track. Um, but I don't. I don't even know what kind of relevant information is going to be in the, in the magazine I just bought, but uh, I will probably uh, read it when I'm on, on the airplane this weekend, going out to Oklahoma city. So if anybody has um, uh, any food recommendations for out there, I know we're big GPP food guys, chief. I don't know if you've ever been out there, but I'm going out there for a wedding and I'm going to have some, some time to check out some barbecue food or something. So you ever been out there to Oklahoma? I have not. Yeah, well, hey, hit me up, uh, you guys, if you have any good food suggestions. Next time we're on, we'll bring you a GPP food of the day. Uh, it was a great food for thought season, by the way. So, Chief and I, thank you for tuning in. Chief, we're going to bring that bad boy back next year. What do you think? I think so. If they'll have us. If they'll have us. If they have us, we'll eat. <laughs> we'll come on <laughs> in. But let's get out of here, man. So uh, for my co-host here, the Chief Will Priester, I am the Luch Justin Carlucci. Enjoy your Monday and good luck, everybody.